Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. We got a beautiful show. We got some beautiful hosts. We got a beautiful game. We got taste. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats, and we won't stop talking, we won't give it a rest, and as a matter of fact, it's time to get it off our chests. Hello and welcome to County Cricket Nutters. At last we have County Cricket weather, and it feels like the season can begin in earnest, just as we have to put the brakes on and let the T20 Blast juggernaut onto the road ahead. Seven rounds completed, seven to come. I'm here with Dan Whiting. Hello, Dan. Hello, Annie. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Hello, everyone. That's and great to be to, back. Just to make sure you're listening. And uh, Sam Dalling. Hello, Sam. Hi, Annie. I'm just stunned that for once Dan Whiting has left a period of silence. So there we go. What a start. <laughs> and uh, we're really delighted to welcome Finn Hudson Prentice um, as well onto our show. Hello, Finn. Hello, Annie. Thanks for having me on. I bet you're a little tired, aren't you? Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to hand over to Sam, who's going to take us through Division 2. And in fact, I think uh, the uh, game that uh, made Finn a little tired. Yeah, well, I was at the NCCA finals day yesterday and I thought I had a little bit of a kind of rouge face, a little bit of sunstroke, having stood there for... 80 odd overs in the sunshine but Finn I can see you you've got a, a little bit of red in your cheeks a little bit of color yeah. because I, I can quite imagine a draw down at Hove Glamorgan I think it was something like their second highest first class score I haven't looked at the numbers but the disparity between the first and the second innings is quite remarkable 123 Glamorgan Sussex made 481 Glamorgan made 737 Oddly, Sussex had to go out and bat for one over, during which they didn't lose a wicket. But, Finn, I'm going to throw it over to you to talk us through, given you probably spent, what, 250 overs in the field, you can talk about whatever you like. <laughs> uh, I don't really want to talk about it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not um, surprised. Let's let's talk about the good things. Come on, the Sussex okay. positives. Yeah, look, I mean, I can tell you one thing. When we walked off the field at... 2.30, whatever it was on day one. I wasn't expecting to be standing out there at 5pm on day four. Um, but, you know, that cricket sometimes does those things to you. 
Um, that was, to be honest, we bowled so well in the first innings. It wasn't doing, I mean, it did enough, obviously, 123 all out. It didn't do massive amounts. It seemed around a little bit in the morning, as it usually does in a county championship game. Um, yeah, Ollie Robinson come back, um, back into the team. Obviously, last week, didn't have him in the team, came back in. Four wickets for him. Um, Ari Carvelas, who's come back from injury, he's done really well for us the last couple of weeks. He's had knee surgery over the winter and he came in and took wickets as well. Um, and then, yeah, we we piled on 4-8-1, thinking that we'd have the game done by T on day three. Um, James Cole's got his first, first class 100. He's been in fantastic form, uh, James, the last few weeks. He's gone 70-70 in his first two games. And then I think Farbrace told him, he pulled him aside and was like, if you get another 70, I'm dropping you because you keep getting out <laughs> ridiculous ways on 70 after looking so good. Um, but yeah, he went on to get 130 something. I'm not sure exactly what, um, but it looked amazing doing so. Um, he's only 19. He's a very, very good player. Um, and yeah, I mean, out of the 4 8 one that we got, everyone sort of chipped in, to be honest. there was, I think there was four or five fifties as well. I'm not 100% sure on how many there were, but everyone sort of chipped in. Um, except for Pajara, which is rare. Um, <laughs> I don't think anyone on the ground could believe their eyes when he walked off without scoring a run. And then, I, I, I mean, the less said, the better about Glamorgan's second innings. I'm sorry if anyone from Glamorgan's listening to that. They had 208 overs in the field. is interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one word to put it. Go on, talk to us a little bit. We'll talk about some of those Sussex youngsters, but, you know, the beauty, we've waxed lyrical on this show about the likes of Steve Smith, the likes of Pajaro, Labashain and Nessa in the opposition. Um, what's it like to be in a dressing room with what are essentially the best players in the world? That must be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I, I've had this conversation with a few people, actually, because they're always like, what's it like? And it's almost like it did, didn't feel real. I mean, Steve and Pajaro are both off now. They're off to, the, to join up with their respective teams for the Test Championship that starts in... I don't even know when it is, in a couple of weeks, I think. Um, and, yeah, it's just surreal, to be honest. I mean, getting to know them as people off the field is the thing that I find the most interesting, like seeing what they're actually like. Obviously, the test documentary came out about Steve and you, you sort of see what he's like on there and you sort of hope that it's exactly what he's like. But he's actually a little bit different to that. He's a really nice guy, um, great bloke. He really gave his time to the guys as well, which was fantastic. Like went out for coffees with the guys every day almost. Um and didn't chat as much about cricket as I thought he would do, to be <laughs> honest. But no, he's he was really good. And Pajara, obviously, we've been with him for the last 18 months or so. Um, he's a great guy, very humble, as you can probably well tell. Um, great human being, and everyone at the club obviously loves having him around. Um, you wouldn't be able to tell that he's one of the best batters to have been on this planet to be honest he's just walks around every day like a normal human being does exactly what you'd expect of just a good good person so that's I think to be honest that's the thing that stands out most to me between the both of them is just how good they are as people and then alongside that they're obviously two of the best batters to have lived so yeah it's great mm -hmm. amazing 
I want to talk about James Coles. I was massively impressed with him when he was at Bristol the other week. Uh, I think he's a, a good batsman. He's got a lovely action, bowls left arm spin as well. I think he's a, a really good cricketer. He's uh, one of a f- number of good cricketers who've come through the Oxfordshire sort of pathway, which you've got links with now at Sussex. And, you know, Tom Price is another one who's come through that sort of pathway as well. And there's some really good cricketers in that part of the country. We've spoken on this show about Ollie Carter's haircut, Finn. You know, <laughs> we, we, we've, we've gone there, mate. We've gone there. But did Glamorgan ever sort of, was there ever sort of talk of them setting something up as a little chase for you at all? Or, or was that just never going to happen? Um, there was no talk of it because basically that morning on day four, Glamorgan said that there was no chance in them bowling us out on that wicket. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it got to that stage where they were like, we're just going to try and hold on for as long as we can because they were like, even if you, you're you chasing 300 or 40 overs, you're probably in the box seat of that game. Yeah, Hope, so can, think, get, Hope yeah. can get very flat, can't it? I mean, I saw the, the Robson and Stoneman 370 or whatever it was a couple of years ago. And was, when the sun shot yeah. yeah, when the sun shines, it can really flatten out at Hove, can't it? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, um, I mean, we've only played one other game this season now, I think. No, two. And two games, Durham and Yorkshire we played there, sorry. And those two games, it actually didn't really ever flatten out completely, which was surprising because we we left a little bit more grass on it, especially this week as well. But we've been leaving more grass on it um, in general to try and get more more out of it obviously as last year it was like batting on the M25 at times so <laughs> um, they they have left grass on it and that was what was surprising this week it did break up as well and we thought oh it's going to spin like we're in the game and then it just seems to almost flatten out again as it got into day three and day four it was <laughs> remarkable but yeah it does flatten out and yeah I was part of that middle sets game again thanks for bringing that one up um, <laughs> I've got to take small crumbs of comfort as a Middlesex man at the moment, Finn, even if it's going back into our distant history, mate. Yeah. It was my first game back at Hove after joining from Derbyshire on loan. And I was like, oh, no, what have I signed up for here? <laughs> <laughs> let's talk, before we move on, let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned Farby's come in. Um, and you came in because there was that talk a couple of years ago uh, of basically it being a team full of school kids and, and they were missing players of kind of your age and experience just to add that little bit of extra um, kind of that nous and quality. And we're a couple of years down the line and it's just looking from an outsider's perspective, like it's starting to pay dividends. You've got, I mean, Ali Orr and Tom Haynes at the top of the order, all sorts of brilliant signing. Carson, you've mentioned some of them already, but it must be a really nice feeling down at Hove. It is. It's great. Um, the long, the long project. Um is starting to pay dividends, as you said there. Yeah, it's great. Um, look, obviously, you have a young team, and last year we were actually really unfortunate with the injuries we got in March, April, May time. We got a lot of injuries to bowlers, and I, I was out injured for pretty much the whole season last year as well. So coming back and not being able to sort of play was pretty devastating in, in at, at that time. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. You have all these young guys coming in. Um, and obviously, you can tell how good they are. You see them in the nets every day. You see them play and train. And you're just sort of hoping that everyone can sort of get to the level that you know that they can get to. And I think that what's been the best thing since Barbs has come in, he's an unbelievable man manager, like probably the best I've ever seen from anyone. 
And the best thing about it is he's so good at getting the best out of everyone in different ways. And he he's definitely getting the best out of James Coles at the moment. Um, Jack Carson, obviously, unbelievable player. Uh, off spinner. He's going to play Test cricket for England very soon, I think. Um, similar to Ollie Carter, very, very good wicketkeeper. Mm-hmm. Look, Ali Orr and Tom Haynes have been doing it for two years now, um, consistently. Haynes, he probably three or four years consistently. Um, you piece that in, you've got two overseas players. McAndrews come in and helped a lot with the bowling stocks. Okay. When you have Ollie Robinson playing, then you've got Pajara and even Steve Smith now coming in for three games. That team is probably a Division One quality team, I'd say. When you've got everyone fit and available and playing, that is definitely what we've got. So it's great to see that all piecing together. Everyone's got confidence behind them. I feel like we should, to be honest, have been a little bit unfortunate with the weather. Um, <laughs> we got away with one at Yorkshire. Uh, against Yorkshire, we got bowled out in a couple of sessions there and that ruined the game for us. But again, we were ahead against Yorkshire in that game. I think we led by 100 in the first inning. So again, against a great quality team, we were ahead. Gloucester, we lost the day um, with the weather when we made them follow on. Similar last week against Leicester, made them follow on, lost the day to weather. And then at Worcester, we were trying to bowl them out in a day again because we lost a, lost a day to weather. So we could be four wins um on the board already which is a brilliant start considering last year we were on the uh, on the <laughs> other end of those results uh, trying to fight fight for draws and stuff so i mean yeah it's been unbelievable to watch and to be honest these guys that are now like you say with young players and stuff you, you can really start to see them making their mark which is really good and it's nice to watch because obviously being on the other side of it and seeing how people are a little bit fragile in first-class cricket and mm-hmm. stuff because of what was happening before and then seeing the change in mentality and how these young guys are now almost bossing and bullying opposition is incredible in the space of 12 months to watch how that has changed. But, yeah, it's great. It's really good down it, here at the moment. Yeah, something special is brewing down at Hove, I think, as Finna so eloquently put it. Keep an eye on Sussex. Now, Dan, something special is brewing in the northeast as well. They were down in the south. They were with you across at Gloucestershire in Bristol. I think you were a little battle-hardened after a couple of days in the company of the great Martin Emerson. I think you've got probably got a little bit of sleep to catch up on, but it was yet another convincing victory. Let's talk about Durham first, Dan, and then we'll talk about Gloucestershire. But hey, the Ryan Campbell effect. Graham Clark in from the cold, barely played any first-class cricket he scored 100. I was reading a piece by Nick Friend and he said that Campbell would earmark Clark to play first-class cricket from from during the winter, basically. Ollie Robinson is brilliant. Durham, unstoppable. Yeah, they were very, very impressive. Gloucestershire weren't helped. They lost uh, their skipper, Graham Van Buren, an hour before the start. And half an hour before the start, they lost their star all-rounder in Tom Price. So that did not help them whatsoever. Uh, Zum Akhtar came in for his debut. But Durham just basically outclassed Gloucestershire, and I thought they were a very strong side. Ajaz Patel bowled beautifully, took 10 wickets in the game. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Michael Jones looks a quality cricketer. And Gloucestershire, you know, the... The fans aren't happy there, but they played probably the two strongest sides in the division in the last two games in Sussex and Durham. And I thought that um, I thought Durham were Division One quality, and I think they are back with a vengeance. Bit of a struggle for Gloucestershire, Annie. It might look like being. Yeah, 
I mean, again, you know, like like Finn was saying about um, Sussex, they've been so so affected by the weather. It's it's uh, you know, and and again, how I what I was saying at the beginning of the the podcast is that you know just now it feels it feels like we should be playing county cricket, and it feels right. And and so many weather affected games, it's been it's been really really unfortunate for Gloucestershire especially, and also as Dan said, the all the injuries and things. It's been really really difficult for them so I, I do feel for them yeah Gloucestershire I mean they have been affected by the weather um, they got out of jail probably in the game against your guys yeah. Finn uh, they'd have probably lost that one but they'd have probably beaten Worcestershire they'd probably beaten Derbyshire and they'd probably beaten Glamorgan and then they had you know a whole four days wiped out against what is the bottom side in the table now yorkshire so you know but you you can't use that as excuses um they need a win badly mm. gloucestershire um you know they're, they're not that bad a side they just need a win under their belts and so much of cricket is confidence and once they get that win i think you know the the table's still very tight so we'll see but durham you know, they're thir- what are they, 31 points clear or something like that? They, they're I the mean, Surrey of the second division, aren't they? Well, they're almost up. They're almost up already. Mm. You know, they're, they're two wins clear, you know, or two games clear because even if they lose both those games, they'll pick up a few bonus points and sides have to sort of now pick up, what, 23, sort of have, have a big convincing win to catch them. And I think they are almost up already. Mm. Yeah, it's going to take some catching. Finn, I wanted to ask you uh, about Marcus Harris. I know you played against him a couple of weeks ago and he actually got run out, um, <laughs> I think, in that game. So he made 30-odd. He scored 100 in this game. Now, he's one of these players. He took a lot of criticism after 2019 Ashes, perhaps not particularly good against the swimming ball, but he's done exactly what he's needed to do. He's come over and played three seasons in England with Leicestershire and Gloucestershire. He's in form at the right time and he's back in the test side and just wondered what you thought of him when you played against him. Um, Yeah, I mean, he's obviously a very, very good player. You obviously see him up against on TV, those games that you watch. He's playing against guys bowling 85 miles an hour, swinging it both ways and putting it on a string in test cricket. And it's easy to sort of fall into the trap. I, I do it sometimes when we get our analysis packs and someone sends through, oh, this guy, and you just watch him getting out. And it's like, oh, it's easy. You just <laughs> swing one in, nip it away. Um, but, yeah, he's obviously a very good player. He's a test, cr- test cricketer. And he's obviously been scoring runs as well this season. Um, he looked very good against us on a... It was a, a fairly flat flat wicket. It did a little bit, but he looked very good against us. Like, yeah, obviously a test match quality cricketer. Um, back in the Australian squad. It's going to be interesting who they go in with opening the batting. Well, they're obviously going to back Kawaja and Warner at the start, I think, but it depends what happens there. I, I don't know if, if Warner has a couple of bad games. He's obviously not had a great sort of year or two in in Test cricket, but I think he's obviously next cab off the rank as he has been for them for the last four or five summers. We had Marcus North on the stream and Marcus said that he doesn't think he, he will start but he does think that he should start, which was quite interesting. Mm. But I think Marcus Harris has probably realised that when he plays Sussex, not to take on their 12th man for a cheeky single. <laughs> take on their best fielder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was a funny yeah. moment as well. He was, came on the field for one over. It was, <laughs> it was a Ricky Ponting. Yeah, Ricky Ponting moment. Yeah. 
So if Steve Smith has told Finn Hunt's apprentice over coffee who he's starting in the Ashes, he's not going to reveal <laughs> it on the show. I like that. Finn. Solidarity <laughs> with Steve Smith. Finn, we'll, we'll stick with you because we're going to move to New Road, Worcester, because not quite the same extreme as the game you were in, but it did bring a result. Worcestershire bowled out for 83 in their first innings, yet... Come the final day, they're knocking off the the 274 runs required for victory. And a credit to Worcestershire for that. Adam Hose, who smashes it, he made 84. Um, but I guess if we're assuming, and I don't know, you might not feel the same as us, that Durham are running away with it. Actually, other teams beating each other is quite helpful in terms of keeping the rest of the division quite tight. Yeah, it's obviously very interesting. As we've been talking about, obviously the weather's hit pretty hard. Um, this summer and hasn't really been many wins um, across Division 2 so it's it's, it's always strange I, that game is at New Road and I always feel like you want to be chasing at New Road you always want to be batting last it doesn't really spin and it gets so flat there in the last inning so when we're actually saying in our change room watching that game um, when they were 80 all out that, and obviously only trailing by 100 or whatever it was we're like they could if they bowl them out here they could win that game like they're probably favourites, even though they got bowled out for 80, um, which is incredible. Um, but yeah, in general terms, the division obviously is packed up. It's very tight. Um, we'd love to have a couple more wins and be where Durham are. But um, yeah, it's 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 one of those things like with the weather going about and the fact we've lost a few days, everything is really packed up, tight. You, you sort of want people to keep beating each other so you can you can try and stay in the mix and and get through that period where the the rain is taken over. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting watching because no one's sort of, stand, other than Durham really, uh, no one's sort of taking charge and standing out in the division. Um, so yeah, it's it's good because it keeps everyone in the hunt um, and it's obviously the middle of the season now. We come back in three or four weeks' time and there's, we're almost halfway through. Well, everyone knows the weather in the northeast is the best in the country, which is why. But it's a remarkable division, right? Eight-team division. Most of the sides have played six, apart from Derbyshire and Yorkshire. Durham have won four games. The rest of the games between them, between all the other sides, there's only been five wins. Um, so Durham have nearly half the wins in the entire division, which I think is remarkable, really. Annie, let's talk about a battle within a battle in that game. A couple of... Loneys and well, we can talk about the loan system if you like. I, you know my thoughts on it, but it, it happened. Josh Davy <laughs> and Jack Brooks going out for those one games, taking on each other, uh, and in the end, well, there was only one winner. Yeah, Josh Davy. Um, absolutely, it's, it's it's very weird. I remember looking at it, thinking, blimey, just one one game. It's it's a very weird uh, thing to have him playing for Leicester for one game, but uh, he uh, he obviously uh, did pretty well. I think they were probably quite pleased to have him. <laughs> yeah, I think they were a great win for Worcester, Dan. Um, we talked about them being a bit unlucky, maybe struggling um, a little bit, particularly having been bowled out for 83 to come back like that. I mean, Joe Leach, the skipper, uh, you can always rely on him. He took eight wickets in the game. Matthew Waite as well. I think he's been a decent signing. He took seven, so keep themselves in the hunt. Yeah, Matthew Waite's been superb signing Yorkshire lad isn't he and he's been a, a wonderful signing Joe Leach still doing it isn't he he's a 
he's a big old boy. I mean, you wouldn't like to meet him down a dark alleyway, but he's a, <laughs> he's supposed to be one of the nicest blokes in county cricket. Um, but fair play to Worcester. They haven't been playing particularly good cricket, but they find themselves now third in the table. And, um, you know, the, the fans down there will be pretty pleased with that. Yeah, I think one of the things about Worcestershire, you know, it does seem to be a general all all team performance. That that there's there's lots of players that have come out and done really well, so that's a really nice part of uh, the Worcester team. Yes, another lovely ground. So Division Two is tight. We're going to keep an eye on it. Before we move on, Phil, I just want to ask you very quickly for two minutes because I know they didn't play this week, but your old boys, you had a brilliant time up at Derbyshire. They've had a bit of a struggle, but you'd expect them to turn it around a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. They're obviously a very good team. They've got a lot of good players. Um, I think they've been a little bit injury hit as well. There's been a few niggles knocking around um, in their their squad. But yeah, it's been a tough start for them, uh, watching from afar. Um, But look, Mickey Arthur's a great coach. Um, He's done really well with them, so I can't see why they won't turn around and get a couple of wins on the board, just hopefully not against us. (laughs) (laughs) As long as you're not out there for 200 overs again, Finn, I tell you what, you you can't be involved in any more long partnerships. (laughs) I'd take, you know what, I'd I'd give a lot to not go back on a cricket field for a while, but there we go. Put your feet up (laughs) for a while, eh, Finn? (laughs) Yeah, that's Um, it. Moving moving on to Division 1, I'm going to hand you over to Dan Whiting and he's going to take us through the four games that were in round seven. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, let's start at Lords, where lucky Somerset just about overcame the Mike of Middlesex. <laughs> there. Anyway, moving on to Trent Bridge. No, no, no. Let's let's go to Lords. Uh, Somerset four hundred and four. George Bartlett one hundred and twenty-one. There was four wickets there for Ryan Higgins. Middlesex then capitulated one seven five all out only john simpson showing any resistance 57 not out five there for matt henry what a signing they then asked middlesex to follow on despite 60 from mark stone and middlesex 216 all out five for craig overton somerset won by innings and 13 runs somerset guys let's get it over with come on then it was Honestly, almost a complete performance. I say almost because people forget. Somerset were 10 for two on the first morning. Uh, brilliant for GB. We all know how much talent he's got. It's just been the consistency. You know, he's averaging just under 30. I had a quick chat with Shane Berger afterwards. He's like, if if George can now put a run together, like he is going to be a serious cricket. Uh, they just, uh, you know, having been 10 for two, once they'd recovered, they didn't look like losing. Uh, and that bowling attack, it just keeps coming. Henry, he's just got that little bit of extra pace. He is magnificent. He is a proper, proper cricketer. And you've got, well, to be honest, they shared the new ball around. You've got Henry and Craig Overton. You've got Lewis Gregory. You've got Peter Siddle. And then you might chuck Jack Leach the ball for a few overs. Like it's an international quality attack. And they just, as Tom Abel said afterwards, he had a huge smile on his face. 
they sang the Blackbird afterwards. Uh, they had a, I think, a fairly heavy night uh, in <laughs> London on the Saturday. They took advantage of the fact the hotel had already been booked and was non-refundable, so they figured they may as well stay. I believe the coach was also parked inside the uh, Lord's Ground, which you can imagine how much it might cost to park a coach for four days um, in a kind of a car park or a hotel car park. So they saved a little bit of money on that. They spent it on their night out. They were absolutely magnificent. Craig Overton, who's got tendonitis, right? So basically, he's it comes and goes. It doesn't stop him bowling in terms of he's not going to make it any worse. But there are times where he's in real agony. And on that last day, well, it was the third day, wasn't it, Dan? Sorry, it was all over. Um, we all got a day off. And <laughs> 75 overs old, the ball was. He was steaming in, bowling sharp bumpers. Um, like, it was just absolutely fantastic. And Middlesex were blown away. Uh, like, I've got my, not much else to say. And to rub salt into the wounds, the three points they did earn, they lost one of them for a slow over eight. So not a good week for Middlesex. No, but a, a Annie, you left. You were there on the first day. Yeah, good week for for us. So um, let's just uh, glory in that for a minute. Um, I was there for the, the first day, so I was there for the uh, ten for two and thinking, oh, oh, this is looking a little bit all too familiar. Um, but you know, there's something about um, Tom Abel striding out there that um, just makes you feel a bit confident and. Uh, like like Sam said, just as soon as he took charge and and uh, we we sort of set in, that it didn't look like we were we were going to um, lose the match. It, it looked like we were on to win, and it it, it felt like that. I I was looking and seeing that this is uh, only their second Red Bull Bull success away from home in two years. And that was the other one was Gloucester last year, so. So I think, you know, this is a, a big moment for, for Somerset and it's a really, really um, great to have that. Um, Henry has made such a difference since he came. Already you just feel um, the sort of spirits lifting and uh, the bowling attack um, just he's added so much to that already. And and Siddle had that really fantastic spell that um, I haven't seen him bowl for a while and that was fantastic. And, of course, um uh Gregory just loves um Lords, doesn't he? Uh so um all of that was fantastic. Um and uh Middlesex are struggling at the moment. Um their bowling is a little bit samey and their batting is not strong. So um they need to have a little bit of a look at, at themselves, Dan. <laughs> so uh come on this show, right? And you remind me my two sides, Gloucestershire. <laughs> And Middlesex, you remind me of victories away there. Sam? There was, there was a couple of interesting bits there, right? There was the, I would love to know what happened. So Middlesex had basically lost the game. They were nine down. And there was this really odd bit of needle between Jack Leach and Ryan Higgins. They suddenly started going at each other. And Jack Leach is quite calm. Um, and in the end, the umpires had to intervene. So I, I would love to know uh, what was said there. Oh, I Tom Abel. see that. Tom Abel laughed afterwards and said, oh, it was nothing. Um, and also, I have the honour of being asked to leave the pavilion, the MCC pavilion, because we sat down. You're allowed in afterwards, right, with your media passes to do a bit of post-match press. And we sat down to do a bit of a podcast with a couple of Somerset fans, just a 10-minute thing. Um, and we were told by the attendant that they were not comfortable with that. Um, I don't know, with the MCC, it just feels a bit like if you're that uncomfortable, if you're that worried about people 
doing any kind of media in your pavilion what is what kind of stuff is going on there i don't know it's another show for my thoughts on the mcc um but so we ended up recording with some somerset fans in the sunshine out of the back of the pavilion having been asked to leave john yeah. simpson he rescues middlesex a lot um ryan higgins as well he's been a good signing but they're struggling a little bit aren't they finn yeah it looks that way obviously looking from afar at division one haven't been in that division for a long time so can't um can't say too much about that but um yeah it does look like they're struggling they obviously played great cricket last year to get promoted the thing is i'd just say about um, middlesex is they've got almost their attack is very very similar um They've got good seam bowlers, but they're all similar sort of mould in, in a sense. Um, without Tom Helm playing, it is um, all quite quite similar. So if, for instance, a wicket does flatten out or teams sort of get on top of that, then it is quite hard to throw some of the ball with a bit of bit of difference in their attack. I don't know if that's... Obviously, I've got no idea, to be honest, if that's what's what the issue is or what's going on down there. But yeah, it does sort of... Watching from afar, it does look a little bit... Um, that's the only thing I'd say sort of about their their team is the the point of difference is obviously in division one you look at all the attacks and someone's got a bit of pace in each team um without tom helm playing there's no real outright pace obviously they're they're quick enough but yeah well that's that thank god that's over let's go to trent bridge essex 298 sir alistair 72 tom wesley 66 another four wickets for brett the hitman hutton Nottinghamshire responded with 442, 177 for Matt Montgomery. Essex then batted in their second innings, 362 for eight declared. Sir Alistair out for 99. There was three for 52 there for Calvin Harrison. I love him as a DJ, by the way. Oh, no, that's Calvin Harris, sorry. Uh, And Nottinghamshire then responded 97 for four. Sam, Matt Montgomery, what do you know about him? He's proper, Dan. He's a little bit old school, actually. He's in the... So he's kind of going to come in for Ben Duckett. He's a very different kind of player to Ben Duckett. He's another one of these... um, So the South African private school system is perhaps the best in the world in terms of particularly producing batters. There's something about it. So he's another one of these who... He skipped South Africa under... 19s he's got a german passport actually um so he came over and played a bit of yorkshire premier league cricket he's at loughborough he's still finishing off this um i think it's finance he's studying at loughborough he finishes in july he made 80 on his champo debut last year uh he was then left out because ben duckett came back against derbyshire and duckett made 2-4-1 so it was quite difficult for him to get his place back um but when Montgomery played again, he made 178 against Durham. Um, and I just think he will now be a bit of a fixture in that Nottinghamshire side. Like he, he is a proper accumulator of runs. He's very technically correct. Um, there was an outside chance. So I think Germany have been pestering him, basically saying, will you come and play for us? Um, so his international debut, because he hasn't, he won't get a British passport until 2024, he could play for Germany and they've got these T20 qualifiers uh, in July. And I thought, well, not unfortunately, he has the security of a, pro- a contract at Nottinghamshire. So that if he's in the Champo side and they're playing at that point, he probably won't get to play for Germany. But that would be quite cool if he goes and plays some T20 over there. And that, of course, wouldn't preclude him from then going on to play for England, if that's the way he chooses. Or you know, we've seen sometimes someone like Dave Benningham, who we thought was going to try and qualify for England, has gone back. 
to play for South Africa or is available for South Africa. But yeah, he's proper in that not side. Want to keep an eye on Brett Hutton picked up an injury. I think I hope he's all right because he has been in superb form. Um, and finally, before I shut up, Alistair Cook, right? Never made a hundred at Trent Bridge. Never made one. How about that? (laughs) He'll have to keep playing because um, obviously it's going to have to keep because he needs that hundred at Trent Bridge. Yeah. Finn, you played at Derbyshire. How big is the rivalry with Nottinghamshire? Is it anything like football? (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't say it's quite the same. Um, (laughs) Maybe hooliganism. Um, but yeah, it's it's obviously big. Um, it's nice because I played at Derbyshire, uh, played against not sorry a couple of times for Derbyshire, and we got a few wins actually against them. That was a nice, uh, nice win we had back a couple of years ago, which kept them on a, a three-year losing streak or something. It was they hadn't won for three years or something, and it was I know the uh, the Derbyshire side of the A52 were very pleased about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's fairly big. It's it's quite fun. I've not really been part of a. Um, a rivalry like that. Um, so it's, it's funny when you play in those games. Yeah. Annie? Yeah, I was just, uh, just quickly, I want to uh, go back to, I was having a look at um, Paul Edwards' um, review of the game and uh, he, he uh, I, I just thought this really nicely summed up Harmer. He says, um, he shambles up to the wicket like an insurance salesman offering a dodgy policy. I just think that's a great way of uh, showing what Harmer Harmer bowls like. But again, you know, yeah, the Essex have um, have the Harmer, and uh, he's he's been batting well. Um, Wesley batting well. Cook, you know, they they are doing good things there as well. So I'm pleased to see that Essex are still um, doing well. Great stuff. Let's go to Southampton and a thrashing. For Northamptonshire, Hampshire, 367, James Vince, 95. Keeping on the theme of musicians, there was four there for Jack White. Northamptonshire then bowled out for 56. Barker with four. They asked Northampton to follow on 176. Only safe Zaib showed any resistance. 57 not out. There was six there for Liam Dawson. Sam Dalling, are Northampton's the most doomed thing to leave Southampton since the Titanic set sail from there? They weren't great. They're not great. They rely on a couple of batters at the top of the order and have a tendency to crumble. I think they are in a lot of trouble. Saif Saeed, love him as a cricketer. I think we'll enjoy watching him in the blast, actually. I think he could set that tournament alive. Uh, Emilio Gay has come back from injury. I know it's, it's very early days. Um, so they've got the talent there, you know, Vasconcelos, Sam Whiteman, Zaid, Hassan Azad, if he can just kind of strap in and bat for long periods of time. Luke Proctor, they've been missing, yeah. haven't they, for a couple of weeks. Um, they really have. And, and But Zaid looked good in um, at Somerset as well, didn't he? So Yeah, it's a yeah. difficult division. That division is stacked with really strong sides. And unfortunately for North Hans, on paper, at least, they are amongst the weaker teams and it's unfolding in practice because it doesn't always, sport does not always reflect the strength of sides on paper, but unfortunately for them, they need something quite miraculous to happen and had to happen quite quickly, I think. Yeah, Northampton survived last year. They had a, a game plan where they'd bat and bat and bat and they got a lot of bonus points and a lot of draws. Finn, has the um, sort of the the ethos changed with less points for a draw this year, do you think? Yeah, it definitely has. 
definitely has. Um, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because as we were talking about earlier, our division's hardly had any wins in it other than Durham. Um, but yeah, the, the emphasis of the change in the bonus points as well, going up from 200 to 250 with the batting is a big change. First bonus point at 250 rather than 200, I should say. So yeah, that's changed a lot. Obviously, that's accommodating attacking cricket, um, which is obviously what the international team are doing at the moment. So yeah, it has changed a lot. I mean, teams could set up for the eight points for a draw last year and try and get as many bonus points as you can, but now you don't really get um, much success from doing so. Um, it's not like five points for a draw is barely anything at the moment. So yeah, it is interesting. Yeah. Well, Hampshire are oh, gone into third place. Let's go up the M3 to the Oval, where Kent were the visitors. 278, Joey Everson. Good cricketer. He got 77 not out there. Surrey then weren't smashing Kent. It was down to their lower order who chipped in. Sean Abbott, 78. Gus Atkinson got 50. There was four there for Arafat Bayan, I think you say his name. Kent then capitulated, one for one all out, five for Tom Laws, leaving Surrey just 58 to win by 10 wickets. Annie, they're home and hosed, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, what strength they have, what depth. I mean, you you have injuries, you have people out, and and, and yet you've got such a, a, a great-looking attack. They, they lost Roach early, but they... Didn't seem to notice that at all, you know. So um Worrell's been um fantastic for them. Um and that, you know, they, they've got a few batters that are all right as well, you know, not too bad. So yeah, they're looking incredibly strong. And uh, but you know, Penn kind of at, at one point they 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 were looking like they were yeah, holding their own, you know, and and, and doing all right, but it, it didn't last long. And uh unfortunately, um they are a Kenter uh, right down there with uh, North Ants now at the moment, and uh, it, it's not looking great for for Kent. But I just want to quickly go back to Bayan. He's a, he's a really interesting um, character. So he's uh, he's just turned professional at the start of this game, um, uh, having waited seven years to come into the professional game. Great for 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 Kent, and uh, hopefully he'll play again. He's come through the South Asian Cricket Association. Uh, Sam Akda as well came through that, who made his debut for Gloucestershire. Sam, it's great, isn't it, that people are now coming through different systems rather than just sort of the public school system or academies, etc. The counties are actually identifying talent in other areas, don't you think? Uh, yeah, it's wonderful. It just shows... Um... It's a pretty sad indictment, to be honest. And I know that's another podcast probably for another day, but this amount of talent that yeah. has been so missed. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to go into all that now. I think we should sing the praises of the programme. It's absolutely fantastic. And there's a lot of guys been going around playing second team cricket um, and doing really well as well, not just playing, like actually quite quickly, Um uh, earning themselves contract pure contracts through weight of runs and wickets. Um, so you know, long may it continue. I think it's seven players that have earned full pro deals in the last twelve months or so through the SACA. I think 
I'm not sure what the deal is with the ECB, but I think the ECB should be basically going to them and saying, what do you need? What money do you need from us? What support? Because we do not want to miss any more talented cricketers who uh, are going into size and performing straight away. They're going into their teams, they're being contracted and they're playing straight away. So like, it's just wonderful. Uh, long may it continue. Joey Everson Finn, you know, all the best cricketers like yourself, you know, have a little go in the East Midlands and then come down at the Southeast. <laughs> um, he's ex-England under 19. He's a, he's a good player, isn't he? Yeah, he's very good. Um, played against him quite a lot um, when he was at Knotts. Um, really, really strong in both facets, batting and bowling. Um, yeah, he's going to be a very good cricketer for many, many years in across county cricket and Potentially has the ability to go on further. He's he's very very good. Um, I know obviously Knotts thought of him very very highly, um, and didn't really want him to go. But I mean he he was ready to play as you can tell. Um, he was ready to be in the first team, and obviously with Lyndon James around, he's moved himself to Kent, and he's doing very very well for them. He's almost the first first name in the team sheet for them down there. Yeah, Annie. I just think we ought to um, do a bit of a shout out for Laws who. Uh, seems to uh, have done very, very well. Career um, best match figures of eight for 63 in this um, and uh, 15 wickets in his uh, three games. Um, that's fantastic too for Surrey. He's very Finally, Tom Laws. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, in the big one of the day, in the Nordic Cup, Sweden, 96 all out. Finland, 96 for nine. They won it on a super over. No, here's the table. Surrey, top, 104. Warwickshire then, 79. Hampshire joined them on 79. Not 68. Somerset have climbed the table. They're on 67. Essex on 60. Middlesex on 50. Lancashire on 46. And then I think it could be a season of struggle for Kent on 43 and Northamptonshire on 38. And that rounds up Division 1. Okay, so that's all we have time for now. We'll we'll be back at the end of June for round eight. And it, it just leaves me to thank Sam and Dan. Thank and you. And of course, Finn, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, Thanks, we'll see we'll see you at the uh, end of June. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest And as a matter of fact It's time to get it off our chests Cricket, 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 cricket Sports Social Podcast Network.